This is a radio broadcast from the Good Boys Gone Bland. Seek shelter now. Hello and welcome to Good Boys Gone Bland, Season 7, Episode 3, Moonfall. This is your co-host, Denali. I'm Ryan. I'm Jace. Jace? I, yeah. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> That's a long pause. <laughs> Were you thinking of an intonation to kind of compliment ours? Um. Yeah. You kind of lost me. I you you threw a curveball at me thirty seconds in, and um... listen. I just feel like this movie kind of gave me like a skewed perspective, you know? Like I got kind of a taste of just kind of like this alternate reality, you know? It, it kind of just makes you think. And I'm just kind of questioning everything now, like you know? one where people like Elon Musk in 2022. Oh, man. <laughs> that <laughs> did not age well. Or maybe in the... It came out uh, this year. I guess year. maybe in the makers, <laughs> it the, came the out minds this of the, the people who made it, like it did age well because they. that is a topic... That we can really we can't dive even. into later. <laughs> <A> bit, yeah. <laughs> Oof, man. Oh man. Um. Yeah. We nobody wanted to do it. I barely did, but we did see Moonfall this Excuse week. Excuse me. Um. This was did you, you want to? You, you selected you this movie. Listen, I did it at obligation. It wasn't because I wanted to do it, Ryan, but I knew we had a duty to watch this piece of duty. Because it came out this year, it's the most recent end-of-the-world movie we got on the books right now. And and people might not want to see this thing. They don't want to spend their precious God-given time on HBO Max watching this this shit. And they, they watch, they listen to our show to find out what happens I've, um, so that they don't have to do it. Yuri came in while I was halfway through the movie, and she said, Oh, I've seen this. <laughs> what? I think, I think she, she watched yeah. it on a plane. Which this this yeah. movie is a plane movie. It's a plane. It's, it's movie. like a, it's like a, this movie was straight to plane. <laughs> <laughs> is there a plane only releases where it, it, it just they have a program with Delta? I th- I feel like that would be this. Wouldn't that be interesting? Like how Netflix is making their own movies. Yeah. What like if Delta American funded? Airlines yeah. Cinematic Universe? Oh my God. I can imagine like Southwest has like those like <laughs> they're good. The Southwest ones are pretty good. <laughs> like, they're like buddy comedies, you know. I feel like Palm Springs, you know, the movie with Andy Samberg. Yeah, Ooh. that one that that feels like a Southwest. Yeah, low Exclusive. yeah low stakes, it's laid back. It's a g- good writing team though. Um, this is the this movie is like a Spirit Airlines. Yeah, movie. this is like a... they they make you pay to watch it, and then they you're like halfway <laughs> through, and they're like, oh you. You have and to pay so to watch long. the second half. Because have you seen those like uh, Spirit Airlines or Frontier itineraries that come up on like kayak? They're always twice as long as every other itinerary because they, they ship you Antarctica all over the country. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the, I've, we've had people bef- tell us before, you know, that they're glad that we review bad movies that they don't have to see them. Like I've had people DM me that. Um, oh. So we're, we're, taking, we're taking the hit, guys. Uh, we saw. We saw Moonfall. We're not going to say what we thought about it yet, okay? Because we might have liked this. Yeah, I take back my comment. It was just off the cusp. It was, some would say, improv. uh, Improv. For me to say that this movie, you know, is a Frontier Airlines movie. Yeah, we were just just playing. We're playing in the space. Yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of, like, playing in the space. Wow. It's it's been a while since we've done a little, little improv. 
you know, like like actual improv. Because since we've been back, I don't know how many improv sessions we've had. I've been doing a lot of studying. I've been watching like improv videos on YouTube to become a better coach for you guys. Oh. Uh, and then uh, one thing I, I did see in a lot of improv sessions. Now, I've been to like four improv live shows. Okay. So it's, it's a lot of... A lot of time watching professionals in the paint, you know? Um, and one thing that they do that I forgot to implement in previous episodes is audience questions. You know, they're like, hey, what's mm. something you ate this morning? And the guy's like, a golf ball. And then, you know, they kind of pick it and you incorporate it into the scene. So what I did this time was ask our Instagram audience, uh, just just for, you know, names out of a hat, things to incorporate in scenes. And we got an outpouring <laughs> suggestions um i did not realize how many people wanted us to say some of this shit so we've got settings we've got words we've got song lyrics to incorporate um i'm gonna try to spread it out make sure everybody gets a little chance on here but um if you didn't hear your suggestion i'm sorry there was a lot i would like to say also if there's an easier way if you want to get your words on the air you don't mm. have to wait until you know denali sends one of these out on instagram just write us a review write us a Gosh, send us an email. Yes. And we will we will read it. Fan fiction. On the air. Yeah, send us that way or um attach it to your like Venmo like description. Just kind of yeah. like whatever you want us to say on pay the air. Hey Denali. God, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Just pay me. Send it to Denali on Venmo. Uh and whatever has the highest number I will say on air. You guys or are our just, only we fans. Not be just saying the highest number. So pay Denali. <laughs> anything. <laughs> We'll take a dollar. Um, anyways, so uh, we're going to do some improv. All right? We're going to do it. And, and in case people don't know, there's this, is this, it's, a, it's a theatrical art. We've practiced it on the show many times in an audio format um, where we, we create a scene, an improvised scene, and, and try to get some yucks out of our audience. Liven things up. It's a tough situation right now. We're in a bleak season, and I figured we should, we should liven things up for people. So uh, who wants to go first? Do we have any volunteers? Jace? Okay, we'll do Jace. Do you, do you want to do a scene with Ryan first? You have anything, uh, you got anything solo? What's up? Oh, we uh, can do a solo. Because fuck yeah, that, solos. I want Ryan in the scene. We can, we can do a monologue. <laughs> yeah, we, Jace, if you want to start with monologues, this you is know, done. If you guys want to just ice me out of this whole bit um, and slowly face me uh, out of the podcast, No, no, like, Ryan, fine. listen. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, let's, Jace, I'll have you do a monologue for me, okay? Um, and this, we've never done this before. So uh, if, if this doesn't work, we can just delete the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, by the way, for not making me do it. Like, so uh, <laughs> well, like you'll, something you'll do the monologue after. Um, so there, you have an object that I want you to incorporate into your monologue. Mm-hmm. The object is a pirate hat. Uh, this is a suggestion by Kaimi. Uh, and, and just kind of start us off, introduce our monologue section. <laughs> and uh, just uh, you're, you're going off where it is pirate hat. Then we can transition into a double scene. Um. Mm. <laughs> clap, clap. Clap, clap. Clap, clap. It's my foley work. Okay, yeah, yeah. I reach down to pick up my hat. <sighs> There's not much left of it. The world. <laughs> not after the Marianas Trent Rose. <laughs> Rose straight out of the ocean. <laughs> Broke right through my ship. Excuse me? And by God, all I've got left of my first mate and lover, Ryan, is his hat. <laughs> are you 
Are you Scottish? That was brilliant. Gates, I don't know. Was... <laughs> uh, first of all, just character immersion. That was brilliant. That yeah, was a great wow. monologue. You went way harder than I'm going to go at, at any point during this episode. Love it, Jace. Okay, Ryan, I'll have you do the next monologue. No, please. Can we just go into like a normal? Do you so know how hard it is for me to do normal sessions? We have we get complaints listen, about Ryan, our improv <laughs> sessions because it, they involve me. We do not get complaints. Um, we Okay. I'll have an object for you to incorporate into your scene, okay? And listen, we can delete this if it doesn't work, but I'll, I just want you to do I, one I just for the exercise. Enough. Please just do it for the exercise, okay? Ryan, your your scene is with a slinky. This is suggested um, by our friend Eric. Eric Bolton? Yeah, Eric. Our boy Eric. I don't want to give Eric Bolton a shitty monologue that's going to get deleted. Uh, well, you better do a good job. It's with a slinky. Ryan, just... Uh, slinky? Just, inhabit it doesn't even have to be a character you could just be talking about slinkies the history um how you want to use them whatever you want the the, the world is open just give us a short uh, little monologue just with ryan how what the fuck do you want me to say about slinkies that's good keep going you know how simple they are you know i never got slinkies to actually work i hate slinkies because like you know they're like Dude, they suck i don't want to talk about slinkies uh slinkies are really um overrated they never work right and like as when you're a kid you can't afford good things and good slinkies might work but i only had the shitty slinkies and i would put them on one stair and i would push it and it would just fall right over and it would never go to the second stair and that made me really sad and i guess i just have a bad i just have a bad association with slinkies because they would always get like tied up let it out listen listen charles we're really getting into the core of your being here okay so Keep it coming. Well, I guess it started one day when I took a slinky. I, I all I had all I had was a magazine, mm-hmm. and there was like where'd you find like that a, magazine? In the woods, mm. and there was a wood, and then there there was next to it there was like this this bottle, and it had yeah. like st- you know like one of those like like it's like a lotion bottle, mm. and then there was a slinky. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're losing the audience. <laughs> but, I, but I'm a God fearing man. <laughs> and it just started raining. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you, Ryan, uh, for the slinky monologue. Um, and then I Jesus. guess I, for everything being fair, I, I'll do a I'll do a monologue as well. Uh, let me let me pull up the list. Uh, okay. This was suggested by Julie. Oh. And uh, her word was wand. Okay, so I'll, I'll try to inc- I'll do a monologue about... A fucking wand. About wands, okay? Wand? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I was actually... This is funny because I was actually re-watching um, the Harry Potter movies the other night with Amber. Oh. And I thought it was fucking crazy how they just have, like, a wand store and they don't do any background checks for the people who come in um like they they give these things which are literal guns like you can kill somebody with a wand from a distance you can do multiple things you can take over their mind you can just make things appear out of thin air it's actually more dangerous than a gun i think and um this is kind of like leading to my larger conclusion that harry potter is kind of like this right-wing fantasy um children are allowed to purchase these things from stores with no vetting um also olivander i did not see any exchange in money Harry Potter just rolled up in there 
and was like, oh, hey, like, can I have a fucking gun? And he's like, oh, yeah, definitely. Try all these. Actually, just shoot it around my store. Um, he gave it to him. And then the whole logic of the safety of Harry Potter is that everybody has wands and that like the only thing that could stop a bad guy with a wand is like a bunch of kids with wands. Um, it's a really fucked up universe and I feel like it's never talked about in today's society. So uh, for my Fuck larger every thesis- magical society <laughs> where children begin yes. learning magic at some age because we should do background checks on eight-year-olds. Background checks on wands. I mean, first of all, Harry Potter has the soul of Voldemort inside him, okay? This kid should not get a fucking AR, all right? And his wand was pretty good. It's pretty fucked up. So thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Uh, Cancel Harry Potter, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, uh, (laughs) that's not too far off, I think, especially with, you know... The gun has to choose the owner. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? That's that's the American version of Harry Potter. (laughs) Like the wind starts blowing when you grab a pistol. It's like, oh. <laughs> it's like Your parents it. were killed by a pistol just like this. Oh, dude. <laughs> That's what Ollivander fucking says to Harry. It's so fucked up. Um, okay, let's uh, on that on that great note. Um, I don't want to bring the audience down. Let's let's do scenes together. Ryan, I guess I, I That was your I mean, monologue. That was my monologue. <laughs> I Sorry, you were going I got I just a uh, rant. <laughs> Pre monologue rant. <laughs> Sorry for my skewed political monologue. Jace, Ryan, I'll have you guys do a scene. I was given settings out of a hat. I, and, I uh, paid you $15 to coach me an improv, not talk about politics. And, <laughs> you know, you just took up a good portion Who of our that? class. By, <laughs> this, this isn't even like at a college setting. This is like, we're in behind a PF Chang's. Yeah. See that? Use that. Use okay. that in the scene. I, I feel your it. anger. I feel your energy. Hold that for a second. Okay. You and Ryan, your your setting is the beach. This is submitted by Kylie, and let's see here. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add, I'm gonna spice things up. Your the setting, beach? you're at the beach, and I'm gonna get you give you guys a relationship here. Okay, crab. Um, <laughs> Can I be crab if it's okay? Crab? I I heard crab. Okay, beach. Uh, your actual relationship is gonna be clockmaker and king. This was crab. submitted by Amber. King. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I am the king crab. Um, mm. What? What time is it? Yes, sire. <laughs> I have not made the clock yet that you have requested from me. I'm sorry. Why? Because you made me walk all this way when you took the last horse. Did you go king sideways? Crab. In order to speed up my travel, no, I did not go sideways. Sideways? You didn't go sideways? I'm sorry. The royal decree. Are you no crab? No, no, sire. I'm, I'm not a crab. You're not a crab. Is this a crab accent? (laughs) We have a lobster. Are you a lobster spy? No, you hired me to make you a clock. Where did you get your clocks from? I make crab Switzerland. Uh, they make great clocks, but they cannot best my quality. Sire, yes, yes. Um, show me what what proof have you? Let me take this herring. Oh, herring? Is it fresh? Fresh? It is fresh. Fresh herring? Would you like to nibble it to test? Mm, Yeah. Mm, Here you go. Well, now I can see how readily you devoured that herring that it is approximately dinner time. (laughs) 
Whoa! You do? Are you the clock? I am the clock. And scene. That was a good... <laughs> I like how you guys tied it up. Great character work, Ryan. You broke out of your, your typical role. Because when you, when you think a king... Yeah, I'm not usually a king crab. You was, yeah, you, you usually don't play crabs, which I appreciated. Um, I was thinking you're going to go London with that one. So it was you took a big risk and oh, it paid fuck. off. Oh, fuck. Damn it. Uh, yeah, and I appreciate one improv session without the London accent. Well, you shouldn't have said anything because it was not near the front of my mind. Uh, Jace, uh, nice job as well. Uh, bringing that to a close and creating a logical end for this. A herring clock. TM, maybe? Just just in case. Mm. Okay, let's. Jace, how about, how about you jump in the ring with me? I'm working you today. I'm, uh, we had you go first, and then <laughs> you do two, two back to back. All right, you're you're an aspiring actor. You gotta you gotta jump in these scenes. Okay, so I'm gonna pull another setting out of a hat here, and uh, and see. Um, let's see. Let's see someone I haven't used yet. Okay, this is a suggestion from Joe. This is at Nakatomi Plaza. <laughs> Where's Nakatomi that? Plaza? Is that in Cyberpunk 2017? <laughs> I feel like that was in Die Hard, and I feel like there's a lot of movie oh, nerds yeah. like screaming no, totally at their right. headset right now. <laughs> it sounds like somewhere I don't know. Some it does. I mean, it's it's like, like a, a real Japanese place. name. I feel yeah, or it sounds thing like a real cyber, place. Yeah, like Neo Tokyo. There's like plazas that are famous. Like there's that um, crossing in Tokyo that's famous. I know that. And uh, this is uh, submitted by another podcast called Movie Boners. <laughs> <laughs> And they Damn, suggested they got us beat. <laughs> uh, it's boners with a Z. Thank you for submitting. Oh, thanks for the clarification. Thanks, movie boners. And uh, it's uh, bouncer and rabble rouser uh, is the scene in Nakatomi Plaza. I'm going to give us one more variable in here that I haven't used yet. It's going to be song lyrics. I had people submit song lyrics that we have to work into the scene. I'll use the one submitted by Amber. Uh, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Something that's a little seasonal. <laughs> is that a ser- is that a real is that a real lyric? Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Is that a real lyric? Santa, Santa baby, slip a roll like under the tree for yeah, me. Is that is that DMCA? It's been like a hundred years, right, Shirley? Like if if eighteen different artists, including her, Kenny Rogers, Michael Bublé, Michael Bublé. Can <laughs> you both, both said that differently? And both know, and wrong, yeah, <laughs> Mikhail Bublé. Um, I think okay. if they can all do it, we can do it. We can Legally. do it. All right, Nakatomi Plaza, uh, bartender and unruly patron, Santa baby, hurry down the bartender chimney. Bartender or bouncer? Uh, you said bouncer and rabble yeah. rouser. The first bouncer time. and rabble rouser. Excuse me. And scene. Hey, get your stinking hands off me! Guy, okay. I said, get. Stop. You're not touching me. Stop oh, it. Okay. Okay. Calm down, I'm please. stopping. I'm calm. I'm calm. You're, just, you're not you're, calm. I, you know why we brought you out here? Um, yes, I do. But I, I might need you to explain it to me. Yeah. <laughs> Your Santa outfit for the Santa con we're having? Oh, what's Subpar. the problem? Subpar. What's the problem? I got the hat and many other things. Half the problem is you sewed a butt flap onto it because you're wearing a onesie. How the fuck am I supposed to take a shit? You think Santa has time to unbuckle and just, like, fucking do his business? I mean, he's using over 7 billion toilets a night. Listen, I'm sure the Santa Claus is a great guy, but I here am making sure the rest of the guests in this house, in this apartment, can <laughs> stay, have fun, okay? And you keep talking about your butt flap, and then... Santa's gotta take a shit! <laughs> I heard that you showed it to three people. 
Okay, I was pretty proud of the butt flap. I was asking if people had some Velcro or another button because it's flapping open, okay? I'm living a fucking nightmare here. I've got a square of open ass in this Santa outfit. All right, how would you feel? I'm, I'm having to do face forward yeah. the whole yeah, yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay, I get it. I would be pretty uncomfortable too, but you know, it doesn't seem like you know the owner that well. So you come to this <laughs> this setting with your Santa Con outfit with a butt flap open. It seems like you're a guest of a guest. You're a plus one, plus one, you know, and you're showing people your butt cheeks. And that's why we're having this conversation. Here. You don't know anyone I just, here. I just thought it'd be an icebreaker. Did I you get in, in before the bouncer shift change? I just, I just kind of, I, sh- I broke in and then, and then just people started showing up. You and broke then in my, my Nakatomi Plaza. And my, I farted and the, and the buttons came right off. And then I just, I couldn't get anything, uh, you know, put back on. I just, can you just be a hold little on, more hold understanding? On, hold on, hold on. Did you say you farted and the buttons came off? <laughs> yeah, I farted so hard the buttons came off. Can you do it again? They flew straight off. If I had some buttons, I'd probably blow the barn doors open again. I don't care about again, the buttons. I, just... I want to see. Can you? Can you fart with that velocity again? If I farted hard enough, would you let me back in? I think I would. I think that would be so cool. That is fucking degrading. You're not a bouncer. How about you kiss my ass? How, how about how about you hurry down my chimney tonight, you fucking asshole? You could you could take my farts and shove it up my ass. See? Were you doing JFK? <laughs> I just I, I I was feeling JFK towards the end of that. <laughs> I feel like a, a drunk JFK would do this. I don't. Know. Uh, okay. Notes for me, I did a great job, flawless as usual. Uh, notes for Jace, another uh, another good one. You rolled with the scene. <laughs> I feel like if I was a bouncer and somebody told me that they farted, farted their so buttons hard. off, I'd be like, show me, <laughs> show me again, show me, and register that with the government. Uh, okay, who hasn't got Jason Ryan? You've gone. It's Is it uh, my you with too. Ryan? Yeah, that's us too. All right, the me two and Ryan. masters, the two masterminds. All right, I'll, let me pull up um, and see what else we haven't done yet. Um, okay, I asked people to submit a word to use in a scene. This is a word um, submitted. I'll do another. I'll do another Kylie word. This is ubiquitous, and then I'm going to uh, give us another setting here. Bowser's Castle, uh, oh. submitted by Eric, and then uh, I'll find a relationship for us here. Oh, that's good. I like this. And then uh, this is submitted by, let's do a Kaimi one, actor and bodyguard. Actor and bodyguard, Bowser's Castle, and I believe ubiquitous is the word, and scene. Hello, I'm James Bond. Listen, uh, I I know you're trying to not break character right now. I don't think we're on the right set. You what? It just, it this uh, the vibe of this place, I just, I feel like it's not right. I don't think... We're we're in like a you villain's don't like layer. pops. Okay, so just Stephen, I just I, I really need you to just like kind of just like be straight with me right now. Um, I know you've Stephen, been doing like the I'm method. James, James Bond. Okay, James. Okay, I need you to like think carefully for hello, lovely. Don't, don't please don't do that. Hello, lovely to me. I just I I don't like that. There, there's these like speeding uh, uh there's these speeding bombs everywhere. There's these That's... turtles. Swinging around. Sorry, uh, a James Bondage to set. James Bondage to set. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> they're they're called. That's they're me. They're talking about. Yeah, I, I heard him on the PA. I think we need to get through this course um, to get to the other side. 
here, uh, James. Uh, there's a lot of fireballs. This? What's this? What's this little critter? This little brown critter. We got, uh, we got this that... little thing. Oh, we got them teeth on him. Is that, is that a, little guy. a Goomba? Is is that what they're what they're called? I feel like that's a slur. I, <laughs> um, is the the little mushrooms? You uh, can that. I think you do have to step on it. You what? In my gonna have to... shoes. Yes, I think we're gonna need to get through this. Well, I, well, I just don't like to. You my, you my bodyguard. You step <laughs> James, on, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> your accent slipping. Okay, you know what? I'll stomp on it. I'll stomp on it. Yeah. Oh God. Oh God. Oh Jesus. Okay, I did oh. not like that at all. Um, oh, look at this. Look at this. That was super mushroom. gross. That was super oh. gross. Am, am I taller? That was the Goomba for the scene. James Bondage. What? You, you what? Bodyguard. What's your name? Bodyguard. Are you? Uh, it's probably like Lewis. I guess. Yeah, it is Lewis. Thank you. Whoa. Um, and I, I do feel like I'm a little taller now after stomping on that thing. But if we can just keep continuing, uh, the PA is 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 asking for us on the other side. Um, it looks like there's a long jump here. Uh, James, do you feel like you can you can clear this? Me? I'm James Bond. I. What is this? What are you? <laughs> you got motorbike? We got motorbike. I do my own. I do my own stunts. You are you, you my bodyguard, not my stunt man. Uh, okay, okay, James. We can we can get on this motorbike here. I don't know why it's here. I think it belonged to a crew member, and maybe we can motorcycle out of here. All right. You know how, uh, let's you know let's just drive? try to be these steering things. It's not like they have them in America. I know you're from America. <laughs> the, the steering I... is not ubiquitous. Stephen, I. <laughs> Uh, and see, uh, that was, uh, <laughs> I just started to do any accent that popped in my mind. I for think like... you definitely moved into Southern Louisiana there in the end. Uh, and thank you, Jace, for, for incorporating a flavor as well as the PA. Um, yeah, that was, uh, that was nice because we were just spinning our wheels. <laughs> I was just saying, <laughs> I'm James Bond. <laughs> uh, so there you have it, folks. That was, uh, that's how it's done. That's how we, that's how the GBGBs do it. Uh, for those of you who submitted answers, um, thank you. We're going to probably try to do uh, audience submissions again. And uh, maybe for our next live show, we'll do, uh, we'll do an audience submission. Can you imagine if we did a live show? Yeah, I've, I'd do this, it. This has been something that I've... Uh, All those I, I want podcasts, to. I, I want to do yeah. two things. I want to do a live show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to uh, mystery science theater something. <laughs> yeah, you want to do like a riff tracks kind of yeah, like yeah, yeah. talk during the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Like a live, um, get something live that pod. we can get a license to. Um, but live shows make money, man. We need we need to be fucking like bands. They make most of their money on tour. Like we need to take this thing on tour. We need to hit up every podcast con in every state. What would we go live on? I'm gonna look up events in Los Angeles, and I'm just gonna the first event. I'm gonna just take a look at here. You don't um, mean live on the internet. You mean live in person somewhere. Live in person, baby. We're like, look, there is a uh, a Krampus festival where where I think it's like a bar crawl. Yes, dude. And um, I feel like we can we can play dude, in one of these bars. My remember how last year I told you my office coworkers and I were doing like a Krampus, like a secret Krampus. Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought it was hilarious because it was like pagan you know, and like non denominational. Right, right. Um, and how'd it go? This year, I got negative feedback from the new people who weren't Oof. here last year. They're like, "This is a dumb idea. We're not doing it." <laughs> and I'm like, "Look, I know it's a dumb idea. It's my job to host the office's secret Santa. Like, it's that's my job. I don't yeah. want to do it. I don't want to participate. I wish we didn't do it, but it's my job to do it. And so I'm not doing a boring ass secret Santa." 
I'm making this fun in the only way I know how, and that's to make weird uh, like references to like things that I think are a lot more heavy metal than Santa. Yeah. And they're like, it's just weird. Yeah. But it was too out there, I guess. Krampus? It's like a mainstream move. Have them listen to our Krampus episode. Hell no. I'm not telling those weirdos anything. And... <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's get into Moonfall, guys. People are <laughs> begging mm, okay. and pleading for our take, our hot GBGB's take on this hot movie um, that came out this year. This is another freshie. We don't throw a lot of freshies to our audience. And it's on, it's on HBO, so if you guys want to see this movie and uh, you want to see it How without spoilers... End up on HBO, on the home box office. I don't know. And uh, what I was going to say is don't see this movie. Just listen to this episode. Do not Take give HBO. Take a shit ton of money. <laughs> it's one of the biggest box office flaps, flops of all time. <laughs> flaps. Um, and it's also one of the most expensive indie films ever made. We watched that, an indie that's movie. A, that's the an oxymoron. That's a jumbo me? shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this thing costs like 160 mil. They consider this. I would rather an take film? a look. I'd rather watch a video <laughs> of um, of Jace smearing his own shit all over a uh, okay, like a like a like a like a woodsy outhouse. Smearing his shit on a woodsy. I mean, I, I would watch that. Just I think with no strings attached. Yeah. Um, but point taken. Uh, and I th- I feel like a lot of people felt the same way opening weekend. I'm looking at box office mojo right now. We haven't played the box office game in a while. Um, this thing debuted at number two in the box office in February 4th, 2022. $3 million, which is jacked. What? Um, $3 and, uh, million? Dollars? There's a certain other indie movie that beat it out this weekend. Can you guess what movie this hold on, is? Hold on, hold on, hold on. In February? In February. An indie movie? Does A24 count? Uh, yes, we'll say that, yeah. And uh, this made triple the amount of money as Moonfall. Uh, Jackass 4. That's right. Jackass Forever. Yeah! No way! <laughs> Jackass Forever uh, debuted at number one that weekend at $9 what? million. I was, I was, seriously? I was right? <laughs> yes, you were right. How? Um, what the fuck? And people Speaking wanted to see Jackass. Speaking sp- smearing shit all over things. <laughs> they literally smear shit. Yeah, at least they <laughs> do it with class. And then, so, yeah, uh, it, I would literally rather watch someone smear human <laughs> shit all over something than watch this movie. Like, and so America agrees with me. I was just making, I was just saying something kind of like kind of silly and outlandish that would be kind of gross to like normies. But then like, no, like literally. The people have spoken. That's what happens. And then uh, number three, it, uh, Moonfall narrowly beat out uh, Spider-Man No Way Home on its 50th day in theaters. Oh. <laughs> No Way Home uh, was made like two million fifty days in. <laughs> yeah, because I watched uh, No Way Home in uh, January. Yeah, like, so and that uh, was pretty late. Pretty Nobody bad. Was in the theater. Pretty bad opening. And like I know, like you have to kind of make some mental adjustments because of COVID. But No Way Home blew records uh, despite that. Still, so there, I, I really feel like there's no excuse here. <laughs> this movie was just not um, highly anticipated by by anyone, which is. Um, deserved uh so, so i guess let's get into it since this was my pick this week i'm sorry guys I'll, I'll just run through a quick synopsis uh of this movie and then i guess we can kind of dig think the in synopsis is pretty much covered by the title <laughs> moonfall <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how that's how everybody who wrote this movie talks moonfall <laughs> patrick wilson moon go back 
Um, and there you have it, folks. Uh, that's pretty much the movie. The moon's the moon's fallen because of a giant ferrofluid goo ball, uh, basically. Whoever wrote this movie does not know what ferrofluid means. It, uh, they don't. They're I don't think they're nano robots. Jace, okay, science I think, expert. I think just ferrofluid stay in is your actually lane. a good way um, to visualize it, though. Yeah, uh, you ever see those cool uh, Instagram oddly satisfying videos? That's pretty much what the alien looks like. Uh, it's an alien. It's going inside our moon. And by the way, the moon is hollow. What? It is, it is a man-made object made by man, a.k.a. humans from billions of years ago. This is a long-standing a conspiracy theory that the moon is not real. It is a giant megastructure. And this other alien force is trying to eradicate humanity by destroying the moon and um, sending it straight uh, at Earth like a giant asteroid. There's a lot of sciency hand-waving here that we can get into, um, but basically you have Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry and, uh, was it Samuel Tarly from Game of Thrones? Yeah, what's his name? John Bradley or something? <laughs> yeah, John Bradley. Uh, originally, Josh um, Josh Gad was was casted in that role, oh, which I think is so really... so much better. I know, and then he, he couldn't get in because of scheduling conflicts. Also, like another thing, Michael Pena was originally supposed to be Stanley Tucci. It would have been our second Stanley Tucci apocalypse um, apocalypse wow. dude, but that didn't work out either. Uh, I think due to COVID stuff. But yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty pretty okay cast, and it just kind of spirals out of control quickly. Patrick Wilson is a washed up, divorced astronaut dad, and uh, he is tasked with sending an old uh, bomb to the nuke or to the to the moon, um, and effectively shooting an EMP and saving saving the world. And I think we can kind of dig in from here. That's kind of the loose structure, loose mega structure of this movie. So you guys didn't watch the Japanese 2006 film Moonfall? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? Wait, what is that one about? Yoshiko loved her daughter, Chisa, and husband, Kenji. They were her family, her way of life. One day, she took Chisa out on a jetty and, holding her close, plunged into the lake. The je- oh. oh, Jesus. This is sad. <laughs> it's like... it fucked up and sad. Ooh. Um, call this Ayako Shinju. Hmm... It does look like the 2006 Moonfall had better reviews, uh, just barely. Barely, um, yeah. Hmm. The premise of this movie is is fucking wild, and it takes us back to a time when like conspiracy theories were kind of like harmless and fun, where it was like the moon is not real, versus like some racist, anti-Semitic, but, yeah. like insane conspiracy theories that we have. Well, sort of, right? Like that's obviously the undertone. Is that like, yeah? Hey, you need to pay attention to these people who are challenging the government because they might actually be right. And like, what if oh, they yeah. were? Yeah, it's not great. And I, 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 to kind of dig into like the the conspiracy of it all. Like, have you guys heard of like this moon megastructure theory? Like, the not moon about ring, the moon like megastructure. No, but I've also obviously heard that it's fake, and I've obviously yeah. obviously heard that like the landing was fake. That's very true. And I've also heard that it's flat. Or like, you say that's projection. very true. Do you think the moon landing was fake? Oh, did I say that? <laughs> You're like, that's very true. <laughs> no, no uh, not very yeah, true. Yeah. Very common is right, probably yeah. what mm-hmm. I meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> no, but I'm just a saying. Lot of, I'm asking questions. The, <laughs> the mega structures mm-hmm. is interesting because in this movie they also mention something from sci-fi called a Dyson sphere. Yeah, and that's like a. I'm not going to say real thing, but it's like a something from a science fiction concept type of idea where a high functioning interstellar society would use the energy from suns to 
you know, they would harness that energy and use it to power their own society. And like, so that's cool. They, yeah, they that's fucking in, cool. They throw in buzzwords like that, like oh, a megastructure, like a Dyson sphere. Oh, oh, oh. And then someone can I got Google a Dyson that stuff sphere upstairs. and be like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and someone can Google that stuff, and I, I feel kind of vindicated when they say, "Oh, the moon is a structure too." So that's what I don't like is that it takes like cool sci-fi and mm-hmm. messes with it. Yeah, I, I I agree, Ryan. And I I like how once they kind of explain kind of the ancient humans trope that humans you know are really old and they repopulate a thing. I like how they had to explain it again verbatim immediately afterwards because the people were banking on the audience would be too stupid <laughs> to understand it <laughs> like things well, were just doubled back and over explained like, in, a the, lot in, this in the audience's uh defense it was really dumb like, it was dumb it yeah. was number one over complicated and number two didn't make sense like so all of science is wrong not just like astronomy looking at this one particular moon like evolution is wrong biology is wrong you know genetics study of all that stuff is all wrong like mm-hmm. it required a much bigger retcon of science than i think was necessary I yeah think, a bit of a prometheus uh, yeah a, a major flaw in this and what we're kind of tiptoeing around is that or or even have said is that this movie takes so many things from other sci-fi tropes and then does them terribly like <laughs> nine uh excuse me it was a 130 minute movie so probably 115 minutes into the movie one day ai went crazy <laughs> yeah it's like oh my god um why why yeah <laughs> and why it did it in the way they showed it it started in this random little girl's bedroom clock <laughs> yeah and also why was the the AI was like a physical thing. Like yeah. it's, AI isn't like a a monster flowing around. Like AI is a kind of a concept, like in a computer. It's not. You ever seen an AI, Ryan? Like, what, well, that's the thing. It's like when other things in sci-fi say, "Oh, we have an an AI." It's really just like software put in something. But this made mm-hmm. it seem like it was an organism. Yeah, yeah. Right? I don't, I don't mind that conceptually because I think that's pretty fucking cool. The idea that they're in the future, we have nanotechnology that is a computer or, that helps yeah. us, that is physical. That's like, you can be like, man, I need a hot pocket right now. And your clock opens up and a little a gas <laughs> cloud flies out and cooks you a hot pocket. <laughs> the cloud from Lost yeah. <laughs> cooks you a hot pocket. <laughs> yeah. And the introduction of this crazy ass cloud, I think, was was pretty wild, too, because I mean, there's a scene where Halle Berry's watching the screen, the comm screen, and sees this cloud, like alien liquid robot, shoot through a human being's head, and she has no reaction. And so the same with the people watching. They're like, oh, damn, so aliens are real. Huh. Like, yeah. There was no... <laughs> that was actually really huh. heavy metal. That was, like, really cool. It was traumatic and to watch, like, for a human. Like, <laughs> It reminds me of... The fifth element had this at the end where uh, mm-hmm. they were interacting with the stones and then CGI stuff came out and the actors mm-hmm. were told, oh, just imagine like it's uh, activating and stuff. Yeah. And so the different actors were looking like different places in that scene right. because they all had different ideas of what it would look like. In this, you could tell that Halle Berry and those characters were not actually watching that. <laughs> like that was a green screen that they were looking at. Because yeah. they were just like, wow, that would have really sucked if our faces got torn to shreds. 
Ah, shit. I've seen Lemon Party. I'm not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> One of them is like a literal like 4chan conspiracy theories. Like, I see shit like that every day. Fuck it. I feel like this kind of segues into what you were talking about, Ryan, about kind of the messaging of this movie, um, where you're kind of validating conspiracy theories and just kind of weird perceptions about like technology and young people. And like, I feel like this movie had a lot of weird conservative humor and undertones, kind of like Armageddon and um, a little bit like the core. I mean, starting out, there is Toto by Africa's playing, which is like a seven-year-old meme. It's kind of like elbow nudgy, kind of like, eh, remember this song? Like, oh, strap in. And like the, the two main characters are going through divorces, like emotionally distant main character. And then they're kind and of they talking say, about. That's my work wife. Dude. Right. Yeah. Which is something <laughs> that like exited the work lexicon probably 15 years ago because it is terrible and you yeah. should not see you should not say that and you should not think that <laughs> i think older people still say it well that's yeah, what i mean honest. i don't think yeah yeah, yeah i guess target yeah and like when the moon started going to shit like immediately they're like looting and fucking killing are happening everywhere you need to defend oh, that's yourself a good point. like <laughs> that's a really good point because that's a huge like anti uh young yeah. generation uh thing going on with in conservative circles is like whenever anything happens or any protests they're always trying to say it's looting yeah mm -hmm. yeah and i like, would agree this, mm -hmm. i'm gonna make it clear that i agree mm -hmm. that people from yeah. outside of good causes come to events where there are large people and cause and cause problems i do think if the moon was literally crashing into the earth <laughs> oh yeah that people would start rioting and stealing everything and going into humanity is pretty much shitty <laughs> we're gonna do anything Xbox. we can to survive yeah but okay so i can see that that was I, I i totally agree like that was fine uh i think that overall the same director yeah already did that in yeah. day after tomorrow and mm -hmm. it was good those scenes were fine and this movie was so basic and pandering though like it was mm -hmm. very obviously an intent to fear monger and it very the okay let's make this very clear there was two things going on there was patrick wilson's characters and, with halle berry and john bradley they mm -hmm. were trying to say stop the moon from coming down but then moon there falling. was a bunch a of family members irrelevant plot yeah <laughs> that were going to colorado and driving on like mountain roads colorado has numerous interstates i will say that <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, but that plot took about half of the movie and yeah. a lot of that had to deal with the looting and stuff, especially like the vigilanteism and, you know, raiding mm -hmm. and all of that has been done better in so many different pieces of media that this director had to get outside financing from like indie, you know, we called it, you call this an indie movie mm -hmm. and this script and this director is so terrible <laughs> that he was not given financing by hollywood yeah and i was looking was, sorry good uh, yeah no I, i'm that's basically thing. like it's so bad he wasn't giving money by hollywood then the scenes are not going to be done tastefully you know like it's mm -hmm. it's not like uh he couldn't get funding because it was such an awesome movie right two of the major um i think so i was trying to find a statistic for it because i think that would be better than me just commenting on it but uh, mm -hmm. two of the major, well, the first production house or or company listed as providing funding for this is called like Moonfall something UK. 
So it's like they made an LLC to put money into mm. to fund this project. <laughs> and then the second two are, are um, they secured a majority of this funding from China, which I don't know if that gives them say, uh, the people who funded it, say in the how the movie's made. But yeah, he mm. obviously clearly had to go primarily. There was mention Hollywood. of a awesome chinese probe that saved the day i feel like that was kind of like a little yeah but yeah um, and the chinese exchange student character who was very ham-fisted into the plot line like please (laughs) so why i I was we're talking about the family and like the student i was like literally they went in the scene i was like oh is that like her wife and then no and then it wasn't her wife and then it was like is it her child and it's like no (laughs) it's like and what is this character like, and i'm an exchange student yeah <laughs> it's like oh, okay and then like the exchange student is the one doing all of the parenting yeah did you notice that she, she's using <laughs> yeah, she, the exchange student for like as the help that was that that whole all of that that backstory which is so bizarre um including like kind of the to get back to kind of like the the looting and shit like you know the side plot of giving the kid a gun and being like you need to protect yourself yes. and like the rage bait robbery scene and then and, there's uh, like all michael pena's character my yeah and he's Saying, like this the meek... sissy stepdad that we all hate yeah. you know the guy that like you know took took the astronaut's wife you took know, your wife saved saved these american lives and got kicked out of liberal nasa <laughs> and his wife divorced him for some you know liberal from colorado and he picks up a gun. And he's like, I hate guns. Yeah. And then he shoots it and he's like, oh, that felt good. And you're like supposed to be like, yeah. <laughs> Just and then down. To, I don't want to like belabor this too long. But like, I feel like another dad core trope is to take like an old ship out of a museum and use it IRL. It happened in Battleship mm. where they take like the 1940s ship out Happen or like Transformers. Sarah. <laughs> and it's just like they take it out of retirement and use it to save the world. And I feel like that's kind of like an old divorced dad fantasy where they're like, I'm just waiting for my time. Just that overshadowed the movie where it's just it felt like it was just a lot, a lot of weird signaling. And I felt like it was pandering to a very specific audience. Can I can I uh, pose a question? Yeah, please. Would this movie have done better at the box office if season eight of Game of Thrones was better? <laughs> wait, wait, mm. hold on. So you think Samuel Tarley had a Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones fans didn't watch because of him. Yeah, I feel like that's a kind lot of, of people. What I am thinking about everybody who's involved in the that Game of Thrones series. <laughs> I think it would have done better if they didn't have Patrick Wilson in the lead. I think Patrick well. Wilson sucks. I think oh, Patrick Wilson Jace. was a consolation. <laughs> They're like, we got who? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Shit. I was Mr. so Kirkland himself. fucking uninspired by Patrick Wilson and Halle Berry and their <laughs> acting in this. that I, I was like, like every time a, a scene that you're supposed to care so dearly about would happen. Like when Halle Berry was like, I work for the American people and you're keeping <laughs> them in the so dark. <laughs> and it's like, ugh. Oh, God. Jace, I wrote that scene down because it was so bad. <laughs> like, you were always gunning for my job. Now you can have it. Here. It's like... Uh. Yeah, if and you want to ever NASA see, like... why NASA in charge of this? Like, yeah, what like, the fuck? Okay, like, okay, okay. Well, I, I, that's way too stupid of a question. Because obviously <laughs> it's so they can bash NASA. But, right, right. Because uh, Elon's going to fix it. That's yeah. that's kind of the, the, the whole it's plot of this movie. Paper. Right. Um, yeah. So most of my, so the other thing is most of my notes are taken up from like horrible scientific inaccuracies. 
Mm, and I'm not yeah. a scientist, but I love physics and I love all that stuff. And mm. this movie uh, almost killed me. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I got I got all the way through two pages of notes, and then real, and then I clicked the thing because Julie was leaving, and I was like, "Oh, hey, she left." But like, uh, <laughs> I clicked the, the button, and it. It said we were not even halfway through the movie. <laughs> they they hadn't even left Earth. They were leaving Earth to go stop the moon. And we were only an hour into this two almost two and a half hour movie. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I thought that was the climax of the movie. Like they were gonna it was too. gonna wrap up in 20 minutes, but no. And I think that's something too, is because I knew this was a two and a half hour movie. I stopped it after 59 minutes or something like that. And I thought I had been watching the movie for over two hours. So yeah. the pacing is just terrible. Everything is in a its own scene. There was never one like catch-all scene that did multiple things. Everything that they wanted to happen had to have its own set piece, location, mm-hmm. characters, and they had to explain how they got places. And that's something that can easily balloon a movie. I'm not talking about just in time, but also like in budget. This movie costed how much and it, we got what out of it? This movie would have been better if it was half as long and cost half as much money. Yeah, I totally agree. Like the technical aspects, even down to like the editing was really weird. Um, like scenes would just kind of like chop off or dialogue would yes. come in weird and Julie, times. Julie yeah. said the same thing and she normally doesn't really care about that stuff, which is yeah. great because then I don't have to like, it's not two people pointing it out. <laughs> and uh and she was like this is terrible the editing is so bad yeah it's it's like disorienting and what's um, what's interesting is don't look up has been maligned for its editing but its editing was had like a very distinct style it was purposeful like there had jarring scenes like that mm-hmm. and it was pretty to me at least some people disagree but it, it was pretty obvious that they wanted really like abrupt cuts between locations to show you that things were happening quickly yeah and this took the opposite they they had really abrupt cuts because if they didn't then if they took five seconds to fade every scene out or do a scene transition the movie would been three hours long Mm. it's insane (laughs) i feel like this movie had no style and the style was making money like this is solely a profit vehicle down to the many corporate sponsorships um, were you guys tracking? Yeah. Oh that shit! Lex- we're in eco was- mode. <laughs> oh god! There was literally like a two-minute-long Lexus commercial in the middle of this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I like how he switched it into sport mode and outran the Audis. Like, I, I that that was my favorite part of the Lexus. Well, chilling. it's obviously a digital car too, and like it, the ice is like accumulating on it. You know, as it drifts <laughs> through this town and it out jumps all these cars. I've got a Jason. This this yeah. is. The moon, the okay, we just talked about scientific inaccuracies. I'm gonna hit two that really yeah. peeved me. And then I'm gonna Please. hit one that was I thought was hilarious. Um <laughs> one. One time the moon passes literally right above them and sucks out the entire atmosphere. Yeah. The second time it, it killing the stepdad, <laughs> who it's just dipshit. Just share the mask with your daughter. <laughs> who everyone on watching the movie yeah, is like take a breath. Like take and a breath, talking. pass it, Jesus, take a breath, like... pass it, pass it. You walk like yeah. 10 additional feet after that. And then the second time it goes over, oh, it actually just helps lift a tree off of <laughs> the sun's, the, the sun who's trapped yeah, the under. The first it's time like, it was ripping trees out of their roots. Yeah. Second, the second time, time it made it like, slightly lighter. Oh, yeah, oxygen's still here. 
Um, yeah, wouldn't it pick up the people too if it's picking up trucks and shit? Like, so that's what the second thing that I don't okay. like about this is if it's reducing gravity. Yes, the amount gone. of the amount of force that you're putting down through your yes. tire is not going to make you accelerate faster because you're not going to be generating any force from friction with the ground. You're going to be pulling up. So like right. with the helicopter earlier, it's kind of surprising that with the same amount of atmosphere, it's not like rising up faster because the downward force from the propellers. Um, so they get hit by a tidal wave and they die. But moon overhead, not make car faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jace, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. So a change in gravity makes everything a percentage heavier or lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't make light things fly away and heavy things stay. That's true. Everything, yeah. it's yeah. The, the, the fundamental definition of gravity takes into account how relatively massive the two objects are. So light things, that's already been taken into account when you account for how much force gravity puts on them. That's why they're lighter. Yeah. And heavier things are heavier because there's already more. So like the the, the moon coming overhead wouldn't make like, you know, water shoot up, but like people not. If it made mm-hmm. one thing shoot up, everything yeah, yeah. would shoot up, and it would all be constantly accelerating. Like, yeah, that pissed me off. But the car's going faster thing really kind of blinded yeah. me into a rage. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a fundamental misunderstanding about, and we had to also accept that the moon's gravity was artificial, right? Because like, yeah. it was hollow, so it wasn't that massive. It's supposed to be a neutron star inside, which fucking doesn't make any sense because uh, uh, a white dwarf, uh, Ryan. It's oh, not sorry, a that's star. even worse. <laughs> but like the moon has a has a mass one percent of the earth's mass it, well they yeah but so a white like, dwarf doesn't right so how is that possible because they the energy be from the white dwarf spinning those rings inside means that it can do they explain do. that because of the technology in the moon it can artificially alter its gravitational pull and its mass like some guy was saying that artificially because alter its mass yeah, they said something about that, like because they said like, oh, even if the moon was this close, it wouldn't pull up our shit like well, this. Yeah, like, well, yeah, no, right. So that's that's them saying, wait, people might realize that we fucked up when we wrote this. Yeah. So it's it's like what what happened in the last movie when I said like, uh, it's obvious they didn't. Oh, the core when um the whales <laughs> there was the wrong type of whales. <laughs> they had someone voiceover say like, oh, yeah. obviously those whales are lost. Right. <laughs> it's it's like that. Like it was very like, defensive. Oh, the whole, yeah. The whole concept of this movie doesn't 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 work. Well, you know they had an astronaut to advise on set, and uh, he actually did try to like explain to people where he was like, "Hey, director, like this would be physically impossible to do." And uh, the director the entire time was Suck like, my "Shut!" Dick. Yeah, he was like, "Shut the fuck up." Uh, and this then is on just the poster, like, "We had an astronaut on set." And I want to think about like this poor guy who was just watching them film this shit or write it, and he's like, "Hey," uh, and they're like, "Shut the fuck up, astronaut." It's gonna be a, a stupid Jay, movie. Jace, if you're gonna derail it, then let me say this real quick: the, the, the spaceship scenes didn't had no fundamental concept of how like that works yeah <laughs> he's you know how interstellar like there's like a whole scene explaining how when the ship turns like you get force like off to the side and that's why they had to match the spin of the ships and all this and that's why they black out and this ship this this in this movie <laughs> the ship is spinning like a freaking top and patrick wilson's <laughs> just chilling <laughs> and 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 he's he's floating in midair and he stops the ship from spinning and he 
doesn't like slam against anything. Like he would still be spinning and the ship would stop. And then there's another, I'm not done. There's another scene where there's the hole in the moon that the AI drilled into the moon. You know, that's how it accessed like the hollow through the guts of the hollow. And they put a spaceship, they, they launch a probe, a bomb or something down it. And the spaceship is just hovering above the hole. But that's not how spaceships work around the moon. They orbit. It, w- it wouldn't be just floating there. And it doesn't even have any boosters on the bottom. It doesn't, it's not like it's hovering like a, like a rocket, like, like a jetpack. Yes. It's just go. It, would, it would, wouldn't be there. And then the AI comes up and eats it like a freaking shark in Jurassic Park. And the thing would be halfway around the moon by then. I wrote, I wrote this. This was one of my gripes is that they kind of set like, but beyond that, they kind of like set an expectation about how things were going to react in space and how they needed to use like gas and propulsion retroactively to write themselves. And halfway through before they get into the moon, they just say, okay, actually fuck that and the spaceship <laughs> yeah. starts like shooting around and going Whoa! and you're like like an x-wing you're like it's like, like star wars all of a sudden fuck yeah i mean the... go ahead i seem to remember uh, a thesis from the core where the group of scientists were like if an audience picks up that a movie does not pay attention to scientific accuracy it affects their enjoyment of the movie yeah. and and you guys did disagree with that thesis during the core where you're like no a movie could still be good just make it good but i feel like it really hurt our enjoyment in yeah I, okay if i said that then you can feel free to throw it in my face there might have been a caveat <laughs> with like you know that it has to have some sensical break like if you break right. in physics it has to some explanation but mm-hmm. in this movie there was another scene that there was this 10 second long scene where they're like they're, they're in a spaceship at some point it's crew and they're like uh initiating turn turning 15 degrees, 30 degrees. And it was like that scene in Austin Powers where the guy's like face is like <laughs> half blown off and he's still doing the countdown manually. And like they, they do this whole scene where this ship rotates in space so that it can deposit something more effectively. But in the next shot, it's back to the, the direction it started in. Like the, they, the people watching, the people editing this movie were never like, mm-hmm. yeah, we can take we can save 30 seconds. Just get that whole scene out of there. We don't need the scene explaining that they're turning the ship if they don't actually turn it. Like, yeah, stupid stuff like that. I think it just means that the people <laughs> made this movie didn't care. They just literally didn't care. And that's what insults yeah. me so much. And I'm insulted that Denali made us watch it. <laughs> Ooh. We had to watch this movie, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. We had to study it for the art. With a movie this deep with just shitty details like that i feel like you could make a whole other podcast episode just going over the science and just there's so much weird shit like i forgot did you guys look up like the casper sky sponsorship too that was like another corporate sponsorship they did yeah so i heard about people complaining that people were complaining about it but i never even noticed what it was i don't even know what that company is I had to look it up because it was so like, to me, it seemed blatant because it was on like a big billboard when a car pulled up and it was on all their computers. And I had to look it up and then the Casper Sky released a statement. They're like, we're proud to announce our corporate partnership with the movie Moonfall. And um, they just paid that. It's just a fucking antivirus company from Russia. And then, um, I don't know. Mm. I feel like Elon. An antivirus from Russia? I'm not falling for that. Yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, just all the Elon shit in here where they're like, I love Elon. Like, it's just, oh, fucking it's gross, like five dude. or six like, separate different uh, throwbacks to Elon Musk or SpaceX or Tesla that it's just like. 
yeah it's like we knew he was bad then guys like yeah. it wasn't <laughs> the people who made this the no the people who made those comments and wrote them in and were hired to make a conservative leaning apocalypse movie did not think that he was bad like that's the whole thing and they still don't and like i mean his, i mean even just today like where he's he's talking about like coronavirus denial shit like it's just this dude's a fucking clown we should not be giving this dude any intention like oh god just that that's another that was just like the the cherry on top of the shit cake <laughs> watching this movie um you know this movie was just too fucking scared to make what, the cat in the end say the line to john bradley what line you're in the computer now you're a part of the moon <laughs> when he gets when he get, when his consciousness gets scared and he gets added to the moon's ai and they yes. show him his cat and he says oh fuzz aldrin which is a pretty funny name good for name. a cat. Yeah, that was the best joke. Good name. And but good good joke too, because Buzz Aldrin punched that uh, moon landing denier in that face the one time. Um, well, he's a fucking denier. The character. Oh, <laughs> Wait, Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> Buzz yeah, Aldrin's right. a denier. <laughs> <laughs> That's really out of left field. <laughs> yeah. They show the cat, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, please tell me that cat's about to talk. Please. And then it yes. turns around to his mom holding the cat in the wheelchair, and you know. That's kind of heartfelt because that's the only thing his character really had going for him besides the mega structure was that he cared about yeah. his mom. Um, so if, if but if uh, he's British living in America, why is his mom American and in a nursing home in L.A.? Didn't she say didn't he say she wanted to go back to America? Like, I think his dad was British. Wasn't that the the sitch? I have no clue. I wouldn't have picked up on that. I, these little out. character details builds the movie, Ryan. It's it's very. <laughs> it made it that much better for me. So, so I wrote at the beginning of the movie before we watch anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said my prediction. Uh, this is gonna be Rebecca Black's Friday of movies. <laughs> what does that mean? Like you know the you know the you song. You can't get it out of your head. It's, yeah, but it, it's absolutely terrible. Uh, okay, let's let's we we are past the point where we need to rip on Rebecca Black. No, she yeah, has gotten it, enough no, fucking. That, that, heat. That's what I mean. She and, paid I, a I, bunch I, of money to have that song made. That's by fine. A, a and company. you know what? A bunch so of other people do it, artist, and, a, yeah. and they just don't get uploaded to the internet and made fun of. What I mean is, I was kind of wrong, and that this movie was way worse and doesn't deserve even like to jokingly reference and i'm not probably ever going to talk about this movie again unless i'm talking about how bad it is and how people shouldn't watch it yeah can we the majority of the money in this movie went into some pretty cool and well done cgi action sequences a double rocket shooting up against a fucking moon tidal wave james i would agree with you okay look and i think that's the only redeeming quality of this movie in in space i would agree with you if it made sense like you know, action's cool if I can if I can buy in. But it was just so by that point I was so burned yeah. out because I thought that's what I thought it was. It was like an hour in, and I thought it was two hours. But it just wasn't cool because I was like, oh well, that why can't that other <laughs> helicopter also escape? It doesn't make <laughs> it like literally doesn't make sense. And at one point, John Bradley's character says, "We're underwater" when he's mm-hmm. in a space shuttle. You think a rocket can't fly underwater? Yes, I do think that. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into the meters, guys. Um, meters. Woof. A meter time. This is uh, going to be fun. I think this meter thing is going to be interesting. Okay, can we just jump right into a disastometer? Yeah, is it, we're it doing... I like disastometer. I was... Disastometer's pretty good. That's What? No, I just winged that. No, let's do a pocketometer. Fuck. Because 
I was act Ryan, like my next breath was suggesting disastometer, and you saying it just like made me so excited. Uh, do you not want? <laughs> yeah. I was like thinking a disastometer earlier. Do you, do you want to do, keep doing apocalometer? I it, want apocalometer. That's pretty good. Apoc okay, apocalometer. So let's do it. Audience, we have two rating systems. Do not be confused by the first rating system and think we're all insane. Uh, yes, the it's first so important. rating system is how well the movie fits in this theme. Does it hit the right points? Does it have the you know requisite disaster? Yada yada yada. It, this is a little bit more clear when it's an actor, I think, sometimes because like you can kind of say, oh, is this actor out of place in this movie or not? Mm -hmm. But now we're going to be voting first. How much of a disaster movie is this? Is it serious? Is it really impending? Would people really die? Uh, is it stoppable? Does it actually happen? Those sorts of questions. Second, we're going to rate the movie as a movie. That's a completely separate movie meter. Yes. So, so important. Yeah. Because <laughs> I want to make that very clear. Because I'm giving Moonfall a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Ryan loves it. Ryan loves the movie. All right. Ryan's a Moonfall stan. No, I should Ooh. actually... No, wait. Uh, hold on. I should actually say... Part, last time I said... No, fuck it. I'm going to go 10 out of 10. Last time I said... Whether or not it happens is right. part of it, too. But the moon fell. It fucking did. So. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, fuck you. The core cord. <laughs> the whole damn time. The whole core cord. elemented. Whole... Yeah. Yeah, I think it hit all the points. It was a big disaster. Um, I guess I disagree with the movie how bad it would be, right? Like, it would completely it would obliterate the earth, oh, okay. oh, right? Yeah. Like yeah. we would turn back into a hot lava yeah, world. Yeah, the first the first pass would have done it. It only has one percent of the Earth's mass, but it's just huge. It's unlike any other. It's not like an asteroid hitting the Earth. It's like the Moon is bigger than Mercury from a diameter standpoint, I think. And so, like, they were just kind of some people were just like casually like running to Colorado. Oh, let's go to Colorado. It's kind of nice this time of year. And I think that. I, I'm tempted to deduct a point for that, but I don't think there's much else to say. Roland Emmerich is the disaster man. He's the disaster master. There's nothing really to be said, I think, for me, because everything else would be just shitting on the movie, which happens uh, in the next meter. All right. 10 out of 10. Ryan, do you think the, the moon's hollow? Just squash this right now for the audience. Um, I, unfortunately, I'm going to have to plead the fifth on this one. Oh, it's it's up in the air, guys. All right. So Apocalimeter uh, for moi yeah, I'm also gonna rate this thing pretty high. So they did they did attempt the nuke solution. That's a check for me. Okay. They didn't it wasn't the solution that worked, but EMP's pretty close. And uh, they did say they were gonna launch a bunch of nukes at it, all right? That's that's gonna be a check. Um Earth got pretty fucking trashed. Uh there's gonna be a point there. Like New York City got really fucked up in that scene. Like a million asteroids hit it. There's the classic, I'm gonna stay behind with the bomb. That's another check. I feel like that's been in pretty much every <laughs> uh movie uh birds doing crazy shit uh they dropped out of the sky that's gonna be another check and then another thing is evil knievel jumping over something that's gonna be another oh. check for disaster movies yeah um, that was in armageddon they didn't quite have it in the core but they had something close and it was in this movie this checks all the boxes guys i'm gonna also give it a 10 on the apocalimeter it was pretty apocalyptic too conceptually a moon's coming for earth and um you know, I know that doesn't make sense, but they put an alien in it too, so it's gonna be it's yeah, Earth's gonna be fucked. That's all I'm gonna say. And the Earth and the Moon's hollow. Fuck. Okay, it's not hollow. Okay, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's your you're saying. The Denali said it. The Earth is hollow. 
The Earth is hollow. Hollow Earth. Oh, and it's filled with cool technology. Oh, the Earth. Did you ask me if the Earth was hollow or the moon? No, I said oh, the, the moon, moon for you. Um, I think the Earth is hollow and has another moon the, in it. The Earth. <laughs> oh. I, I, I think mole people, Earth, um, doesn't get enough during oh, like, during percent of the Earth stuff. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, mole people are tight. Uh, shout out to our mole people listeners. Um, I know the waves reach down to you guys, and uh, just happy to have your viewership. Jace, what do you think? What do you think for your, your apocalyptic? I think this is absolutely the first time that the Hollow Earth megastructure has been used for an <laughs> apocalypse-themed movie, and I'm going to agree with you right up there that it's 10 out of 10, and, and some of the Ooh. other salient points that this movie hit, even though, you know, we're rating how apocalypse it is, so I, I deep down on the bottom of my heart, I pray to the apocalypse gods that we get some more tens this season. <laughs> um, but I love that uh, the United States government once again swept this under the rug. We did God, it, baby. They, <laughs> congratulations. Half of the problem is because of you. Um, they, The main astronaut who uh, who goes through his hardship, you know, played by... I, man, I've always, I fucking I hate Patrick Wilson. Um, played by Patrick Wilson. Where is you know, this Patrick he, Wilson uh, heat coming he, from? He gets he gets his fired. Movies. He gets fired because, well, in his mission he was negligent, even though the big crazy space worm killed his buddy. And then we find out, you know, halfway through the movie that the government was like, "Well, he just wasn't playing ball. You know, he didn't want to let it go, so we ruined his life. And then we didn't tell anybody about the big moon worm." And then Donald Sutherland is like, oh, yeah, there were crazy lights on the moon. <laughs> and then they tried to nuke it. And just like Denali said, that's a whole lot of points for this movie in the Apocalometer. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Guys, I brought us our first triple 10 of the season. It's yeah, undeniable. I, I can't rip on you too much for that, dude, because this was a disaster movie. It might yeah. be up there as yep. like the disaster movies of disaster <laughs> movies i can't think of much else even in don't look up like i think the moon is bigger than the asteroid in that movie <laughs> they weren't like oh shit it's mars <laughs> um wasn't there a movie called disaster movie in yeah in uh -oh. 2000s uh oh yeah uh -oh. The, spoilers the, the funny movie oh, with jesus uh, seth rogan <laughs> okay this next part is the actual movie meter. All right, we had a lot of fun. Brace now let's talk about what we actually think about this thing from a movie, good or bad, yeah. and it can go either it way. Could go, it could, um, you never know. You never know. Um, I'm gonna open up and say I don't know what to rate this movie because I can't remember where my scale bottomed out when we watched Air Bud Five. I think I might have felt compelled to give <laughs> Air Bud 5 a 1, Tec like like technically, because the scale goes from 1 to 10, not from 0 to 10. But, uh, so I'm going to have to give this movie a 1. And yeah, that's uh, pretty much, no, never mind. It's not all I have to say about that. I can go on for hours. <laughs> <laughs> the let's, let's start. The, my biggest problem with, the, with this movie was that there was a scene. It was nighttime. Okay, it was established that it was nighttime, I'm pretty sure. Uh, John Bradley's character calls NASA, and someone in the gift shop picks up the phone and says, hey, I just work at the gift shop. I can't connect you to the director of NASA. And then he hangs up with the phone. And it's supposed to be like, oh, yeah, ha, ha. he doesn't know actually how to get in contact with anybody. He's on the outside. 
Why was this woman sitting in the gift shop at NASA at night answering the phone? <laughs> like the lights were off. It was probably online orders. You know, NASA doesn't sleep. Like it doesn't make any, like that was so dumb. It was at that point when they were like, oh man, we wrote this joke. It doesn't really make sense. I don't know. I'll just turn the lights off. Like it does, like yeah. stupid things like that took me out of this movie. And uh, I've got, you know, phrases like the moon has entered an elliptical orbit. It goddamn better have. That's where it started. Like, like an elliptical <laughs> orbit is everything's an elliptical orbit. If something entered a, like a perfectly circular orbit, that would be weird AF. And uh, it would last zero seconds. That, that, that's, not, uh, that's not the way it happens. <laughs> like, everything is elliptical. Like, okay, I'll continue because uh, I'm yes, not going to yes. get on that. This had the worst court scene ever. Worst court scene I've ever <laughs> okay, seen in my I life. Okay, I was wondering about this. Because okay. <laughs> there's a court and the person is brought out and the attorney doesn't say anything. The, I don't think the prosecutor was even in the freaking room. And then the judge just starts rattling off all this stuff and the dad starts arguing. That is just not, it's just not the way it works. Much like the physics, like and that's just not the way it works. The same with the courtroom scene. That's just not the way it works. Um, yeah. Court meter? One zero. out of ten? One. Okay, zero. zero or one. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so so you, you, you rated this movie a one? I guess, yeah. Technically. A one? Okay. Um, I reserve well, the right to modify my uh, meter at the end of the season when we get to stay to the podcast and we find out okay. that Airbud got a zero. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, for my movie meter, I mean, as, as far as thumbs up, thumbs down goes, it's it's probably gonna be a thumbs down. Um, this movie is designed clearly to be a blockbuster, and it's so obvious, and it's really cringy to watch something that's trying this fucking hard. Like, it seems like a panel of experts was, like, you know, consulted for this movie, and they wanted to craft something that would be a hit. You know, uh, but it was just a tonal mess. It feels really defensive in its dialogue, like what Ryan was saying, and its humor. And it's kind of like almost like it's anticipating people to scoff at it. So it's like, oh, but 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 this and but they don't try hard enough uh, in that realm. I'm just kind of like in awe at how little care was seemingly put into so many aspects of this movie. Um, honestly, they could have made something that was actually fun and maybe self-aware, but it kind of gets in its own way by trying too hard. And then they, or they could have even taken this ridiculous premise and played it like totally straight and it could have been better that way. Um, it just failed fantastically by trying to do everything at once. It tried to be funny. It tried to be serious. It tried to be touching. But I feel like the director didn't know what to do with this. And that might speak to why it wasn't funded by you know, mainstream Hollywood avenues. I did read that one of the ways it picked up a lot of money was during a film festival where they showed this CG um, scene where the moon kind of goes over the horizon and kind of sucks a bunch of things up. And it attracted like $100 million in investments. I feel like that thing was the money shot and it was the only thing the movie had going for it was like, wouldn't it be crazy if this happened and everything else was an afterthought? Um, which sucks, man. Like, this could have been really interesting. Like, a hollow-ass moon movie, it could have been, like, played for laughs in a much better way. <laughs> uh, so it's just, it, it fucking sucked, dude. Um, their end credits ended with a, a Moonfall-themed dance track, which was also really cheesy. Anytime a, a movie ends with a track like that, that's how you know it's dog shit. Um, I also read test audiences loved the track. 
which again test wow. audiences what? for this movie <laughs> is that why hollywood's been pumping out so many shitty movies Who, where the <laughs> hell do they get these things it's so for me um it's gonna be a big old moon uh big old zero i don't think i liked any aspect of it i had to watch it in 30 minute bursts because i was getting too angry or too disengaged um <laughs> yeah. so i, I I, I watched this over a period of like three days. It was it was that fucking bad, and it still felt long. Uh, zero. That's what I had to do with Boogie Nights. What? Didn't you like Boogie Nights? Oh, it's amazing. Oh, okay, okay. I'm I'm still honestly kind of trying to digest, and for the life of me, you know, I was I was hoping to have prepared to the point where I could give something that wasn't a rambling mess. Yeah, that's the way I, I told it. Just I know what you mean, and my review, I I was like. I can explain why this movie's bad. And I was just like, I looked down at my notes and it's just uh, notes on scenes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, much like the movie itself. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's hard to pin down. My my first note at the outset of this movie is let's hit every sad cliche we can. Divorced, poor, piece of shit, dysfunctional, <laughs> all for a comeback story. And my last note is didn't really even happen. And in the middle of that, is what very likely could have been like a mecca in 2022 for CGI and just visual design for this movie. But like rampantly through throughout the film, the story, I don't really understand or care really at all about the families because even the movie's just shoehorning them in. I don't care about the general or I don't know, was he the president of the United States who was previously married to Halle Berry, who has a kid whose entire personality is, I know I don't see my kid, but we have to take care of him. And like, I, it, it's just, it's it's a mess. It's all over the place. Um, and I think there are, there are two times where you'd watch this movie. The first time is if you shed your skin three times a year, uh, you like sitting on warm rocks and you eat bugs. <laughs> <laughs> because you have a lizard brain <laughs> or if you're already recovering from the worst hangover you've ever had and the next two hours of your life really don't matter that much anyway <laughs> so uh I'll, I'll also give it a one i'll give it a one uh a one zero one hopefully the lowest will go this season but we have plenty of runway left <laughs> i think the disaster movie is pretty bad <laughs> uh pretty low uh and you know what oscar season's coming up so we'll see how this movie fares um oh yeah there's always a chance (laughs) always a chance the inside of the moon was cool as fuck for the design and honestly the space robot the voxel like the the tiny pretty cool yeah and they ruined it i i actually said the the ai thing i was like oh that's actually really rad and it killed those dudes that was pretty heavy metal just yeah. didn't make any sense. Could have been like uh, like Suicide Squad, how they won an Oscar and Citizen Kane didn't. And people always say that Suicide Squad has more Oscars than <laughs> Citizen Kane. Yeah. I do love that within the last year that one bad review came out for Citizen Kane. But that's like... Oh, what? knocked it down from 100? It's, it's not 100. God damn. <laughs> the king has fallen. Um, much like the moon, let us know what you think <laughs> about Moonfall... <laughs> uh you 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 like this movie yeah (laughs) thumbs up thumbs down uh dm us um hit us up and let us know if you like the review maybe there's there's moonfall stands out there who fucking love this movie buzz if you're listening buzz aldrin did you like did you like wilson and halle berry sorry
<laughs> I, I I like I like Patrick Wilson. Um, I just I don't I don't like his movies. I don't know. No, um, he's good in the um, like in Insidious and the Conjuring. Passengers. That's yeah. the one movie I'm gonna give him. You're right. I love Insidious. His his Insidious his, is a great his movie, face yeah. is iconic because it has the devil right behind him. Oh my god. Oh Jesus, that was so scary. Shit my pants in the theater. I actually that that got a real scream out of me in the theater. I think I it's drew. It's one of the scariest um, scenes ever. Yeah. <laughs> okay that was it for moonfall the moon's gone it fell and now it's time for a new disaster ryan i believe you're in the captain's seat what do you got for us next week okay so disaster movie uh end of the world movies hugely broad category so far we've seen movies that are unequivocal disaster movies the moon is literally hitting earth it's end of the world Mm -hmm. we've seen movies like the core where oh the Cords exploding and people are gonna die. Fifth element, it's still kind of the same thing. We have this force coming from space, or you know, something to do with uh, something like that, and it's gonna kill all people. And I want to go in the a different direction and talk much more about what you guys were asking. Does this count? Does this count? Does this count as the end of the world movie? Whereas, like the end of the world has already happened. And I want to choose a movie I haven't seen. I have been wanting to find conveniently mm. uh, and haven't yet. And I'm pretty sure neither of you have seen. And we're going to watch a 1995 movie directed by Terry Gilliam, 12 Monkeys. I've oh, 12 shit. Monkeys. Oh, you've seen 12, 12 Monkeys? 12 Monkeys. I have not I seen it. I've seen, I think, the first half um, at a sleepover as well. But it's oh, been yeah. a, like, it's been I a long time. I haven't seen any of it. Hell yes. Yeah. So is this an I, apocalypse movie? I don't know. I don't know. About it. And so I'm not looking up the plot. I can see you guys looking at the computers. I don't want you guys to look up the plot. Too well, much. shouldn't you look up at the pl- just at least know? I, if I know. It's in your... I know enough okay. that it's an it's a at least purportedly could be okay. an end of the world movie. And I think part of this season is going to be figuring out whether like the edge cases. Like it's okay. obvious that Moonfall was a movie. It's, therefore, we had to watch it. Like yeah, so we, your fifth enemy wasn't compared to you guys. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, it ended up being way more than I thought. So then we could take these other ones that people might not think of as end of the world movies Mm -hmm. and see if they fit the framework. Okay. Okay. So sweet. This will be this will be a different direction. I think I'm also relieved because if I have to watch like one more fucking tidal wave, I'm gonna like lose my mind. Yeah. So I'm gonna. (laughs) I don't know what the cause was of this movie. I'm excited. Twelve Monkeys. Um, I think that's also on uh some type of streaming. I don't think it's on streamings. Well, piss. Uh, so it's $4. that's what I mean. I can't Fuck. find it. Oh, come on, bro. And we got we got a visit from an old friend too, Bruce. An old friend, uh, Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. three ninety nine everywhere. It's looking like Bruce Willis oh, is uh, attracted to the end of the world. Yeah, he's kind of like Roland oh. Emmerich, except in like the actor. Ninety nine cents on Prime Video, right now. Oh shit, ninety nine. I'm gonna I'm gonna rent it real quick. Um, how much is that? That's like uh, how how many per monkey is that? Eight. Uh, it's yeah it's eight it's eight eight cents per monkey uh, 8.335 once uh thank you guys for joining us this week join us next week for 12 monkeys send us a review follow us on fucking instagram i'm not really doing twitter anymore on our shit Uh, it's too much work and fuck twitter and fuck elon (laughs) so is there anything you guys want to just close out with to our audience? Any words of wisdom? Any advice? Yeah, um, stay the hell away from Roland Emmerich. <laughs> yeah. I don't, has he, does he make a lot of movies? I think he does. I think he still makes movies. I think not very often. 
Yeah, I did read, uh, instead of using extras in this movie, they used a lot of CGI, and he said that's what the future movies is. Um, and as someone who's a professional extra, I take issue with that. Instead of exploiting 16 people on a set for 12 hours, we can make one dipshit in front of a computer do it. <laughs> and Unless I'm the dipshit, yeah. The Well, you know how, like, some directors uh, have their movies have, like, a theme. Mm-hmm. How did he get shoehorned into that? Like, what's wrong with his brain? Okay, there's articles written about Roland Emmerich about his obsession with hating Earth. The and Earth he's exists. Like, <laughs> he took a yeah offense to that. He just has this fucking fetish with just destroying the world. I don't know. I I, I think he's a, I think he's a he's a sick man. And uh, Roland, if you want to hire me as a role, I'll, I'll I'll do anything. I'll do anything in your movies. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. <laughs> <laughs>